the FT. George Osborne today announced the biggest cuts in peacetime. But just how fundamental a change in the shape of the state has been ushered in by this announcement? We'll be talking about that and more in this FT podcast special on the government's comprehensive spending review with me, Sarah Neville. UK Chancellor George Osborne spoke of fairness, of bringing the years of ever-rising borrowing to an end, of making those with the broadest shoulders bear the greatest burden, and building a country which only buys what it can afford. But what do these mantras really mean in terms of spending and cuts? To help me answer this question, I have with me Chris Cook, the FT's education correspondent, Martin Sanbu, the FT's economics leader writer, and Alice Ross, Deputy Editor of Money. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Chris, if I can start with you. Mr Osborne spoke about creating a more sustainable state. What more did we learn today about how he intends to do that? Well, to be brutally honest, we didn't learn very much today about the future of the state. Uh, We knew from the budget that the broad shape of the spending path he was going to take uh, going ahead. We learnt a little bit more about which specific departments are going to be cut more than others. But actually, it's remarkable how little detail there is in in the spending review. Um, We are told that some departments are going to release more information in the coming days. But to take, for example, the education budget, which the government has been trailing as being protected or relatively protected, to use a strangely ambiguous phrase uh, that George Osborne used earlier, they let it be known on Friday night that the school's budget was going to be protected. But in fact, it's actually only one small part of the school's budget. It's the day-to-day funding of the school's budget. We have no idea how much money is actually going to be released for building of new schools, for example. So the government's free schools programme, the budget for that isn't set out in the budget. On universities, we have no idea what they're going to be spending on universities in two or three years' time. All that we have is an indication that they're going to transfer some of the cost of the university system from the taxpayer onto students in the form of higher fees. But there's no numbers on any of this stuff. I think the real point to take away from today's uh, CSR is just the scale of what they're intending in terms of cutting state spending, which are all horrifying, phenomenal numbers. But actually, in terms of the sort of fine detail of where the state is advancing and retreating, we don't really know. We've not actually learned very much today. Welfare took a much bigger hit than Mr Osborne had suggested it might in the emergency budget in June, didn't it? Yes. George Osborne set up a, uh, a situation at the emergency budget where the deal was, if I can't find, find savings in welfare, then I have to take it out of the rest of you. So he was able to present cutting welfare as a way, which is, I think can quite easily be seen as an attack on the poorest in Britain, uh, who's able to present cutting the welfare budget as a way of preserving public services. He set up that, that sort of opposition, and so he's been able to cut a little less than he otherwise would have to by finding savings in the welfare budget. But the question of how fair the whole settlement is is going to be quite a raw one. The, the Treasury is producing very innovative graphs that don't calculate fairness in an entirely intuitive way. They work out how much benefit each and each decile, each group in the ranked by income, gets from the state, and then has worked out how much of that benefit individuals have lost. So if you are a millionaire who only gets, sort of, say, child benefit, you know, you'll lose 100% of your income. But it's obviously a very small part of your total income. So it's very hard to see taking £1,000 away from a millionaire who uses no other state services as being a bigger cut 
than taking away all the hospitals and cutting hospitals and school spendings for a very poor person who relies on that spending. I mean, it's, it is sleight of hand, I think, and it's not going to fly. It really can't do. So there's been a fair amount of, to put it politely, presentational wizardry the, in all of this. It's, more, it's yes. much subtler than the last set of presentational wizardry, which was uh, the budget. They presented these wonderful graphs, it was wonderfully progressive, but they only looked at taxes, they didn't really, and they looked at a little bit of benefit spending. They didn't look at the bulk of their work, which was cutting state services. I mean, it was utterly baffling. They thought they'd ever get away with it. And the IFS rightly pulled them up on it and said it was, and actually Chris Giles, our economics editor, immediately said, this is complete nonsense. Mm-hmm. But they're trying it again, albeit with much more sophistication. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Martin, if I can turn to you. Ed Miliband, Labour leader, said earlier today that Mr Osborne had taken an irresponsible gamble with our economy. Was he right? Well, he's certainly taking a gamble with the economy. It's impossible to make this kind of adjustment uh, on the fiscal side without being quite uncertain about how it will affect the economy. But you need to look at it a lot more broadly than the the leader of opposition suggests because there wasn't really any choice, any alternative to taking a gamble. Whatever choice of action, whatever course of action you chose in this situation, it would have been a gamble. And the risks really started with the previous government. Uh, When you think about the the ramp-up in public spending, unsustainable public spending, that was really what set up uh, the vulnerability of the UK to this recession. It it was a boom fueled in part by... Uh, very ample liquidity that increased tax revenues above their sustainable level. It reduced spending on social services and so on below what you might need in normal times or bad times. And of course, public income relied a lot on the banks. All of that went away. None of that caused the crisis, but it did expose Britain a lot more than it needed to be to this the biggest downturn in generations. Mr Osborne was clearly trying to lay the blame for a lot of this on the previous Labour administration. From what you say, that was not an entirely unreasonable thing to do. I think that's not unreasonable at all. When that doesn't mean that Mr Osborne's choices in how to deal with it are the best ones. Now, he was trying to avoid another gamble, which was to hope that the bond markets will keep lending Britain money to keep deficits higher than what he set out. Now, He chose instead to take the gamble that you can cut fast and that that will not affect the economy too much. Now, if you look at the independent uh, Office of Budget Responsibility forecast, they take into account these cuts and they have a model. And out of that, they get that you will actually return to growth, about 3% growth by, by 2012. Now, we hope that's right. But there is a risk being taken just because things are so... We never had this kind of consolidation Uh, The uncertainty is very big on all sides. It's a shame, I think, that the government hasn't wanted to say explicitly that if things turn out worse than we hope, we'll be ready to change our plans. So there's there's no explicit plan B. Alice, finally, could I turn to you? This wasn't a statement that raised tax rates, so the personal finance impact isn't as strong or obvious as it would be in a budget or a pre-budget report, but some of the measures announced today nevertheless will have a significant impact on family incomes, won't they? What was most striking for you among the announcements today? Well, 
I think it's no great surprise that those families that are going to be hit hardest will be the poorest families. Tax credits are being frozen um, and working tax credit in particular will be harder for families with children. The couple in that family has to be working at least 24 hours a week now, which is a rise. So this is going to be, um, you know, the area that is hardest hit. The government has tried to make things a little better by actually raising the child tax credit. So it's tried to make things a little bit better for families with children, but ultimately they will be hardest hit. Um, pensioners also will be a group that are quite badly hit because the savings part of their pension tax credit will be frozen for four years. So that will be um, difficult for them. Although, again, there have been some concessions, so they will be able to retain the winter fuel allowance and some of the other universal benefits that they have. Are there any insights you can give our listeners into how they might be able to soften the blow of some of these measures? One particular area that people could soften the blow in is where uh, child benefit is being scrapped. Now, we actually already knew about that, um, but it was confirmed today in, in the CSR, and that's being scrapped for any higher rate taxpayer. So if you are just on the threshold of being a higher rate taxpayer, say you're on about £45,000, what's being recommended is that you do a little bit of salary sacrifice. So you pay some extra income, doesn't have to be much, maybe 1500 into your pension scheme. And that way you actually fall into the basic rate tax band for the purposes of child benefit. So you could actually get more money in your pension and still claim the child benefit and be richer overall. I think we'll leave it there. Thank you, Chris, Martin and Alice. For full coverage of the Spending Review, news analysis and video, go to ft.com forward slash CSR. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.